This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the 100 bucks that I give away every Monday is Kim Dust. She's in the entertainment industry and is currently working a full-time day job and doing her side hustle on the side. Kim, congrats. For you, here's a chance to win 100 bucks every Monday. Simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes now and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to officially enter. Again, text the word Nathan to 33444 after you subscribe. Guys, if you want an easy tool to use to book your meetings back to back, to batch your calls, to make sure people actually show up when they schedule, you want to use Acuity Scheduling. It's what I use for my podcast interviews at NathanLatka.com forward slash schedule. I'll tell you more about how I use it later on in the episode. Nathan Latka here. This is episode 527. Coming up tomorrow morning, you're going to learn from ConvertKit's CEO, Nathan Berry, how they hit 480 grand in monthly recurring revenue by helping 10,000 professional bloggers grow their email list. Nathan Latka here. Good morning, everyone. You're going to enjoy our guest today. His name is Kyle Rackin. He's the co-founder and CEO of Proposeify. Kyle is passionate about design, SaaS, and marketing. He loves jamming out to 90s covers, tunes, and muse at open mic night, and also has the unique ability to work a perfectly cromulent Simpsons reference into any conversation. Kyle, are you ready to take us to the top? I'm ready. I told you before the thing, I said, what is a Simpsons cromulent? And you, you corrected me. What is it? <laughs> it's it's in inside joke uh, where the um, people at Springfield on The Simpsons kind of make up words that don't exist, and one character <laughs> says it's a perfectly cromulent word. All right, very good. All right, let's get into the business. Tell us what Proposify does and how you make money. Cool. So Proposify is a SaaS company, um, and we help people uh, streamline their sales uh, proposal process, close more deals, do it all in the browser, and uh, collaborate easier on on their sales process. And uh, revenue model. So, so uh, what what are people paying you on average per month? Uh, the average customer pays about forty fifty dollars a month, but we have uh, prices ranging from twenty five dollars a month all the way up to about two hundred and fifty dollars a month. Okay, and about uh, how many currently? How many customers are you working with? Um, we're getting close to about thirty two hundred. Okay, that's great. Cool. That's really great. And I want to get back in and get kind of start date and kind of the founding story and all that jazz. But let me just keep going down on these for a second. So in order to just calculate back in the napkin MRR, is it can I do 40 bucks, a $40 ARPU times 3200 bucks to get about 128 grand in MRR? Uh, uh, yeah, we're, we're close to 150k MRR. Oh, great. Okay, good. So maybe ARPU is a little higher than 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 uh, 40 bucks. Yeah, 47 or so. Oh, got it. Very good. Okay, so take us back to the founding story. So what year did you launch the business in? So we launched the initial like MVP in 2013 um, and it took us actually a long time to really hit product market fit about 17 months. So we were, we were under 1k MRR for quite a long time and it wasn't until um, from about April uh, 2013. We didn't really hit it until about September of 2014 was when we started to see, you know, everything increase. So what is that? How many months? 
Uh, about 17, 17 yeah. months. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So before you tell us, cause obviously that's turned around, you've grown since then. How did you sustain yourself in that period? How did you, how did you raise capital? Was it your own savings account? How'd you sustain? For, I mean, for a long time when we were working on the product, um, me and my co-founder, Kevin, were actually running an agency. So we were doing web design and marketing work for clients uh-huh. and we kind of built it in house, but then, uh, we sold the business and we were i mean we were kind of just scraping by i was doing a little bit of freelance work here and there and we raised two hundred and fifty thousand uh dollars in seed capital from a local investor and that was what kind of uh sustained us for a few months until we hit product market fit what were you paying yourselves out of the business while that you know during that time where you were still trying to figure out how to grow well once we raised the money we could pay ourselves you know like a a modest but reasonable salary we it was me co-founder and a developer um and you know, I'd say we were we weren't raking it in because we wanted to make sure we had enough runway to sustain us. Yeah, this is a tough question. Uh, you know, every new entrepreneur tries to figure out it's you know, and sometimes it's the first battle between new investors and the CEO. So that's why I ask, are you comfortable sharing what the actual number is? Oh, or yeah, I think, uh, I think at the time it was like 60K a year. Okay. All right. 70K, maybe. Because I think especially when you raise money, you need to be you need to be reasonably comfortable. You know, you can't work on a product and hustle if you're worrying about how to pay your mortgage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've heard. Yeah, you've heard. You hear that logic, and then you read about a guy like Elon Musk that like puts all of his money into these brand new, super high risk things, and seems like he's always trying to figure out how to scrape by and where he's going to sleep and all that stuff. So uh, I guess it's yeah. a balance. All right, very cool. So um, let's do this. Uh, you founded. You said in early twenty thirteen. Uh, you've grown to one hundred fifty grand in MRR. What's your team size today? Uh, 15 of us counting the founders. Okay. And where are you guys based? Uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia, east side of Canada. And are there a lot of startups up there? Or are you guys kind of uh, the, the, you know, you know, big, big fish, small pond kind of thing? Oh, sorry about that. The, uh, your audio cut out for a minute. No, no problem, Kyle. I was just curious up there in Halifax. Are you guys kind of a big tech fish in a small tech pond or is there a lot of activity going on? Um, I mean, I think that in Halifax, we're, we're maybe seen as one of the uh, brightest, you know, up and coming, I guess, startups. Um, we get we get some respect. But I mean, there's a, there's definitely other startups that are doing better than us that are growing faster. Um, there's a really nice little community. Um, in fact, a lot of it is based in Halifax called there's a, a place called Volta, which we actually worked out of for a little while and sort of brings together startups. So there's a nice, it's a small, but it's a growing community. Who are some of the leading startups, would you say, in, in, in Halifax from your, that you respect? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, a lot of them have been acquired by now. So like uh, you probably heard of Radian 6 that was based out of the Maritimes in yeah. Canada. They got acquired by Salesforce for like 350 million or something like that. Uh, Go Instant a few years ago got acquired by Salesforce as well for 70 million. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's some big, some up and coming ones that are currently uh, running like Dash Hudson, which does like Instagram analytics, um, Affinio, which manages social like leads and data and that kind of thing. So there's, yeah, there's definitely uh, some really cool startups here. Very cool. Okay. So back to your story. Tell us, a, so people can actually understand how uh, Proposify works. Tell us a story of like the last customer that paid you. Uh, wh- how'd they use you? Um, well, I mean, in terms of last customer, I mean, it's, it's a little hard to tell with so many, but I mean, we, we hear pretty consistent stories and I do phone calls every week with customers to kind of see how they're using the software. I mean, there's a few things there. So name one, agency, Kyle, my point is like, just tell us a story about a real, like name the actual, an actual company using you and how they actually use you. Tell us that story. 
Okay, uh, I'll use a... Just bear with me for a minute sure. because there is a... Li- uh, maybe you can just cut this part out. I just want to find the actual name of them. No, it's good. That's totally search. I'm, I'm on your website now and, uh, and uh, obviously you have a kind of customer testimonials there, but it is always valuable for my audience to hear real life kind of stories, right? Versus just hearing a feature list. Yeah. Uh, so there's this customer. It's not on the website. Okay. So I'm trying to find the name. I probably probably got it in Evernote. We're actually going to do a case study with them. And uh, they said that they were actually up against VaynerMedia, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk's company. Yep. And they were they were competing for a client on a proposal. And because the software let them get it out faster than everyone else, they actually beat VaynerMedia uh, for like a really big client proposal. So I kind of wanted to tell you that story. Oh, that's cool. So you you so how did so if they're saying basically we use you because you're the fastest way to deliver proposals. Is that, is that what you're articulating? Yeah, I think so. They're essentially saying that uh, because of the, the way the software streamlines their whole uh, proposal process, they were able to slam it out in like 25 minutes or something like that. So the client was like, wow, everybody else said, you know, it was going to take two weeks to do a proposal. You guys really care. And then they awarded them the contract. And why are you so what, what makes your software crank these things out so fast? Um, it's a combination of like using templates and being able to store sections, fees, images in, a te- in the content library and sort of be able to just drag and drop and have it replace all the client names and things that people typically use software like Word or InDesign. They've got to go through and find, you know, old documents and copy and paste bits from them. So this just kind of puts it all together and they can just spit out proposals a lot faster. Who else is in this space that you respect or, or that you compete with? Yeah, we compete with... Uh, Companies like PandaDoc, um, Tinderbox to a certain degree, and then there's some sort of smaller players in the space like BidSketch and Nucy that are doing uh, proposal software as well. Interesting. Okay. So why would somebody, you said PandaDoc as the first one, uh, walk us through if a customer has done their research on both you guys and them, what would make them choose you? I think for us, we're a little bit more uh, focused and specialized on in uh, kind of the design space and creative space. So, you know, PandaDoc is a kind of a general purpose document management system. They do signatures and you can, you know, have contracts and that kind of thing. But for us, we we're kind of like laser focused on mainly the digital agency space and giving them the design tools to make just like kick ass looking proposals and have more control and, uh, and more flexibility in what they're doing. Got it. Yep. And actually, I just saw on your website, you actually directly address this, uh, you know, at the bottom, it's kind of says quote Rollo versus PandaDoc or BidSketch or InDesign or Google Docs. So that you guys can go check that out to get see more of the uh, the feature comparisons there. That's actually a bit of an SEO hack, too. That really helped us in the early days because people would search like BidSketch alternative uh, or, you know, uh, you know, basically just people are searching for comparisons and we were the only ones who were writing pages on it. Even though the bias is clear. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> Interesting. That's great. That's great. How So like I'm on the one right now that is, that is PandaDoc versus Proposify. How many uniques would this landing page get per month on average for you guys? Oh, that's a, that's one. I, I haven't looked at the analytics for that. I can look that up if you'd like. No, that's, I mean, that's okay. Um, I'm just trying to get a sense. Let me, let me kind of go more macro for a second. I bet you know this number. So how many new kind of users are trialing Proposify or, or per month? So when we look at how many people are signing up for trials, we're getting about uh, between 100 and 150 new signups a day. Um, we tend to close about two or 300 of those every uh, month. Each month. Okay. And how are the, yeah. the trials? What is it? Do you require a credit card? 
Uh, no, you can sign up without a credit card and uh, you only put it in at the end when you're ready to upgrade. Okay, and walk us through kind of this growth. How are you finding these customers? Uh, we we do a number of different things. It's mainly all inbound. We don't really do any outbound marketing. Um, we do have salespeople that are kind of inbound salespeople and follow up with demos and stuff for some of the bigger customers. But mainly right now, uh, organic search is our biggest driver of uh, of traffic. And we also use you know content blogging, podcasts, and a little bit of paid media, Facebook retargeting, that kind of stuff. Are you you're creating organic con- content on podcasts, or you're or you're sponsoring podcasts? Uh, we do both. So we sponsor a couple of podcasts and we also have our own one called Agencies Drinking Beer, where we sit down with an agency owner every week and they can kind of share lessons <laughs> and stories. I love that. Which podcast sponsorship that you're that you're, you know, partnered up with right now is performing the best for you in terms of driving you the most new customers per month? Um, we're starting another round with uh, Boag World uh, based out of the UK. Um, Paul Boag hosts that show, and that seems to be a really good fit for our audience. Interesting. And how do you think about what you pay for those sponsorships? Do you just break it down into kind of a customer acquisition cost or what? Uh, we, t- I mean, we have a general marketing budget every month that we kind of budget and set aside for it. And we kind of just decide what we want to put it in. Um, so, you know, if we sponsor a podcast, we might take a little bit out of like Facebook advertising that month. Uh, I see. Oh, that's in- okay. Interesting model. Tell us more about that. So what's the bucket size? I mean, are we talking like 10 grand or like 50 grand or what? Yeah, we only really spend, I, sh- I mean, I say only, maybe that's a lot for some people, but we spend about 10000 a month on on paid marketing and put yeah. a lot more work into the organic stuff. Yeah, that's it's great. And because you, you own that media, right? You don't have to keep paying for it over and over. Um, okay, walk us through. We just kind of touched on CAC. What is your current CAC? What do you pay to acquire a new customer? <laughs> Oh man, I wish I had my uh, analytics guy in front of me because I don't know all these numbers off the off That's the top okay. of my head. I mean, if, if you average it out across all of them, our acquisition cost is pretty low because so much of it is just organic uh, traffic and content. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the paid media—if you really kind of broke that out—it's not profitable. We yep. we uh, spend more to acquire customers than we do actually make up, at least in their first couple of months. Um, the lifetime values not super high for our product because it's is a bit it? low cost. Um, the uh, lifetime value on average is about a thousand dollars. And obviously that changes, you know, based on what tier you're on. So that's why we have salespeople following up with like the hundred dollar, $250 a month plans because the lifetime value there is a lot more uh, insane. It's like 10, 15 grand. Totally. And what is your gross customer churn monthly? Uh, churn right now, I mean, net MRR churn is uh, just about 2%. Uh, customer churn is under 5 so it's about 4.5%. Yep. Um, so we, we tend to be doing better for like MRR uh, upgrades and that kind of thing. Oh, that's great. It sounds like you have... A, a, how many inside salespeople do you have actively pursuing smaller accounts and upselling them to drive expansion revenue? Uh, right now, we have only two salespeople. And they, in fact, they only started a couple months ago. They were our first salespeople. And we've you know been doing the company now for a couple of years. Love that. Very cool. So uh, at 5%, uh, or sorry, at 4.5% uh, customer churn uh, per month, I'm, I'm just doing division, right? Uh, one divided by that, you've got about 22 months of lifetime value at 47 bucks. And that comes out to just about 1000 bucks, which is how you're kind of back the napkin getting that as your lifetime value. Is that right? Uh, yeah, and also relying on software like ChartMogul to kind of calculate all that stuff for us. What other services do you use to help uh, kind of just do business intelligence? Uh, big fan of Heap Analytics. Uh, switched over from Kissmetrics last year and, and haven't looked back. Heap is amazing because it basically lets you track every 
every click, uh, every interaction with your product retroactively. So you don't have to know what you're trying to track ahead of time. You can go back in time and say, oh, who clicked this and oh, set that valuable. up as an event and then run funnels and reports on it. That is valuable. Very cool. Okay. So take us through. So 20, uh, before we get into the kind of the final part of the show, 2013, you said you started, you were 17 months about where you're only doing a, a you know, a K, 1K per month. Take us back in 2015. What was total 2015 revenue if you add it all up? Um, got to look at that now. It was, can you bear with me a moment? Yeah, of course. Okay. This is where the listeners, you know, grab a cup of coffee real quick. You know, they make their lane change if they're listening in the car, right? <laughs> they just, yeah, exactly. iPod headphones. This is, uh, this is the fastest paced podcast I've ever been on. Hey, it's something special's happening. You know, people are going, Nathan, the show's going to get like, hundred thousand dollars in its first year and we passed three million people love the approach i don't know why something special is happening that's amazing man i gotta learn from that because our <laughs> podcast isn't isn't like that so yeah last year's revenue was about uh five hundred and fifty one thousand oh, dollars and this year it'll be like 1.5 million well, congratulations that's amazing growth um and you've only raised you've only raised the the 250 right or 200 that's correct yeah that's great yeah um, 250 so are you thinking about doing another raise soon i mean the time frame is right yeah, you're always supposed to look at look for money when I guess when you don't need it as exactly. much. Uh, but I think for now, uh, we're we love the company, we love the team, and the way things are going. And I think for us, we feel like VC money will change a bit of the culture. Uh, yeah. It has to. Um, so where we're profitable and we're still growing, I think we want to just keep keep uh, doing it organically for now, and and not try to jump on the VC train. Yeah. If the so. so Many people would say, well, if, if they don't want to take money, it's because they don't know how to spend the money to get new customers. You actually might agree with that, right? You just actually said your, your paid marketing spend, you're not really, you know, it, you know, you need to do it or at least do it to some degree, but it's not profitable. Yeah. And I think the, I think there's a bit of temptation with VC money to spend it too quickly and to, uh, you know, take too big a gamble with it because you can. Yep. Um, so I, I think, you know, dumping money into channels and spreading it all and just trying to see what sticks and double down on it. It might work if you're trying to aggressively scale and become, you know, IPO or get uh, get a big acquisition. Um, it's not really the the path that we're on right now. What what path do you see yourself on? And you know, in five years, what what are you guys doing? Are you working inside another company because you got acquired, or what are you doing? Well, I mean, I think we'll always entertain acquisition offers if they make sense. Um, it's not uh, it's not our main mission. I think what we want to do is build a great product and a great company and be profitable and. Uh, you know, do that with a small sort of steadily growing team and not uh, not trying to grow uh, too quickly. You said you obviously every CEO is always open to acquisition offers that make sense. Help us understand if you got an acquisition offer today, what's the process you go through to analyze it? Oh, good question. I mean, I think for us, we would want to make sure that uh, first of all, like customers are taken care of and employees are taken care of. Um, you know, making sure nobody gets screwed over that way. We'd also want to make sure that there's a fit. You know, if our product can fit within a larger company's ecosystem um, and there's there's a cultural fit there, I think then that makes sense because chances are when you get acquired, you're you're probably going to be working at that company for at least a few years anyway. And so will so are your employees. Uh, so I think that's really important. Obviously, the numbers have to make sense. It has to be enough money that, uh, you know, it, it meets your own personal goals. Yep. So I think there's a lot to consider. Are you the sole founder? Uh, no, uh, I have a co-founder, Kevin. Okay. Two of you guys. Okay. And how many developers are on your 15 yeah. person team? 
Uh, so we have our CTO and we've got three developers, a QA and a, and a product management guy. Okay, got it. Interesting. Very cool. Very good. Well, hey, as you keep growing this, Kyle, people are going to want to follow along. Where's the best place for them to connect with you online? Um, check out the website, proposify.biz, P-R-O-P-O-S-I-F-Y, .biz, not .com, because we can't get it from the guy who owns it. If you can, <laughs> uh, we'll give you a finder's fee. <laughs> How much? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have to, you know, no, entertain come on, those discussions. Kyle, throw, throw a number out there. That's how you're, that's how you're going to actually get it done. You're going to incense someone on my audience and I guarantee you they're going to make it happen. What's the number you'd be willing to pay? <laughs> uh, God, I haven't even thought be about con- this. Be conser- throw a conservative number out. All right. We'll, we'll pay you a couple thousand dollars. All right. There you guys go. Quick way. Go do it. Figure out, <laughs> figure out how to convince the guy that whoever owns proposal.com, go get it. All right, guys, I talked about this earlier, but I schedule like so many meetings, it would blow your mind. I mean, all my podcast interviews, right? Hundreds of entrepreneurs I talk to monthly, I schedule. And you know what? I do it so efficiently. I get them all to agree to my calendar. So all the calls are back to back to back. That means I'm not switching in between tasks all day long. I get them to batch so that I can be very efficient. It's so critical. And I use a tool called Acuity Scheduling to do this at nathanlacka.com forward slash schedule. It eliminates the back and forth between me and people I'm trying to meet with. It makes it very simple. And most importantly, they help me keep my no-show rate very low because they send out reminders. Helps you look very professional. So go to nathanlacka.com forward slash schedule to sign up and you get a great deal. You know, you guys know this. I hit people hard. I make great deals. And Gavin, the CEO, has given us a great deal. If you sign up like normal people, okay, on their website, you only get a 14-day free trial. If you use my link, nathanlacka.com forward slash schedule, you get 45 days free. Okay, it's the best. It's free. Go to nathanlacka.com forward slash schedule right now to sign up. And I'll see you there. All right, Kyle, very good. I'll link to your links in the show notes at nathanlacka.com forward slash the top 527. Again, forward slash the top five two seven all right we're about to get to my favorite part of the show kyle it's the famous five these are one word answers you ready sure all right number one what's your favorite business book lean analytics number two is there a ceo that you're following or studying right now Ooh, uh hmm i mean i think the the boring answer is um Elon Musk. Um, there's probably actually I'm going to say Alex Turnbull from Groove. Yeah, he's a good one. Number three. Is there a favorite online tool you have like TopTel? Uh, favorite online. Oh, so many of them. Um, I'm, I'm going to go back to, to Heap. I think Heap's the best uh, analytics tool for SaaS companies. Do you know the CEO? No, I don't. OK, I'm going to reach out and see if I can get him on the show. Uh, number four. Yes or no. Do you get eight hours of sleep every night? I, tr- I try to. I think I do most of the time, yes. And what's your situation? Married, single, do you have kids? Uh, separated with uh, children and uh, have a girlfriend. Oh, very c- congratulations. How many kiddos you got? Uh, two boys, two. nine and four. Oh, wow. Okay, so, and then how old are you right now? Uh, 33. Okay, so th- that all builds up to this last question. Take us back 13 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? <laughs> uh that it's all going to be okay, and uh, I would give myself a hug. <laughs> Top drive. There you have it. Don't forget to give yourself that daily hug from Kyle, the CEO, and one of the founders of Proposify.biz. They're serving over 3,200 customers. They raised 250 grand after making only a grand per month for 17 months as they search for product market fit. 
They passed 500 grand in 2015 revenue on track to break a million this year with a $47 ARPU currently doing 150 grand in MRR with 2% net MRR churn, 4.5% gross customer churn with their team of 15 folks up there in Halifax, making it easier for folks to get out those proposals. Kyle, thank you for taking us to the top. Thanks for having me on, Nathan. If you enjoyed Kyle today, go back and listen to Ivan yesterday. His company, Yanadu, just hit 25 grand in monthly recurring revenue, helping 17,000 users better manage their tasks. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday. 